0: This is LBC leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850 Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday. It's the 27th of September. Much deep depression. Alan Jones was tweeting how excited he was. He said, I feel sick. Wales won, and uh, England Came, came second OK uh, It's Grimmie up north This is where Something to do with the television programme uh, All the others are going to Barbados Some nice houses Los Angeles And if you're being mentored by Nick Grimshaw You get to go to Manchester I'll get your money back as quick as possible The new James Bond theme Personally I like it I do like it Seriously I'm not a fan of Sam Smith But I do like the song Fury of the Alton Towers girl Who lost a leg As the bosses tell her, We've lost a lot of money We're putting the ride back on again And Eugenie's holiday ban. This old bag just can't get out there and work, can she? Bone idle, hashtag, ha, ha, ha. And the SNP chief, Nicola Sturgeon, backs tracks on her pledge to give a home to Syrian refugees. I don't think I'll be doing that any time soon, she's now said. Uh, And Terry Christian, in his column today, slams Katie Hopkins. Terry who? They put him down as a television and radio presenter. I thought pundit. I don't think they actually allow him to present anything, do they? I mean, he's so sort of ten years ago, I think. And... The last waltz of the tacky earners. Yes, uh, a few of the uh, of the old bags in Strictly Come Dancing obviously rake themselves as something, and so they bring out calendars. Luckily, the BBC's clamping down. We don't want any more little Ola Jordans anywhere. Thank you very much indeed. And Christina Rianoff, really a little bit bored with that one there. Jeremy Kyle's marriage breaks up, and he's asked for privacy. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, that's how you make your living. You expose other people's failings. And uh, when a couple were on the other... Was it on the other week or something? There was one girl, and she said, "There, you know, I've not been getting very much sex. And Jeremy Kyle said, um, No, I've not been having very, very much sex either. Turns out his wife is having loads of sex. Loads of sex. The Sun on Sunday put her on a front page. This is uh, Jeremy Kyle's wife, who's called Carla... And uh, she's been meeting, apparently, um, a polo player. And they've been, like, shaking the bedhead. She said he was away in America. And um, and so they've been sort of... 20 sex romps. How's he counting them? Can you imagine counting? Your, well, I suppose you would, really. It's a case of every time you see Jeremy Kyle on the TV you go, I know something you don't know. It's almost like a secret, isn't it? But Jeremy Kyle has asked for privacy. Uh, Interestingly enough, um, I think it's either... Kyle's lawyers or this England polo player's lawyers who tried to block the story. So I'm I'm suspecting it's probably Kyle, isn't it? I would think so. Why Why would the polo player who's telling you about it be trying to block a story, so I'm assuming it's actually come from him. I mean... To be honest with you, and to be brutally honest on a Sunday morning, and we try and be brutally honest, it's not really got anything to do with us. If Jeremy Kyle can't keep his marriage together, that's not—that's nothing to do with me or you or anybody else. It's up to him and his wife. Who glue I mean, put it about a bit. <laughs> you know, I mean, you'd think if you're married to somebody on television and you're going to have an affair, why not split up, then have the affair? Don't carry on with a with a fake sort of marriage thing. And this bloke, who's very good looking. Very good looking. You can understand why she'd be. And I suppose people think they can get away with it. Unfortunately, if you've got high-profile relationship, you can't get away with it, because somebody somewhere is going to spill the beans. I mean, at the moment, they can't get any response from Kyle or his wife. But I wouldn't have thought you would. I seriously wouldn't have thought you would. I mean, it it makes him look silly, makes her look a bit cheap. But uh, you know, he's a good-looking boy. He's a polo player. And Princess Diana liked polo players. She liked polo players a lot. Because yeah, polo players are fit. Very fit. And they're, generally speaking, a bit well-heeled. They're also accepted they're doing it in Essex, in which case it's a little bit tacky. But, yeah, but, generally speaking, they're a bit well-heeled and they've got a bit of money. So, and she's quite glamorous, Kyle's wife. But he does spend his life ridiculing people on television for their shenanigans. So, unfortunately, source for the goose, source for the gander... And And I like him i don 't like the basis of the program because i 'm a bit bored with toothless wonders going on there with tattoos claiming uh, you had sex with my mum and now she 's pregnant with your kid, and I want DNA tests because i 'm pregnant with him as well and all and that it 's honestly it 's ghastly, horrible, cheap, tacky people, tacky tacky people. You see them walking down the i street, tracksuit bottoms, pink, well sort of pink faded g string this is the blokes i 'll see what the women are wearing, and they go out there and you look at and you think. Oh, dear, I know what you... And they've got a fag in their mouth and they've got a pram with multicoloured children. And they're pushing it down the road and they're on the phone. They're always on the phone. Who fo- they're talking to? You, I've got no idea. Next client, I supposed. But every time we read and we do thrive on it, don't we, in this country, and it's an awful thing to say that, you know, come a Sunday morning, people tune into this radio to find out which celebrities have been up to a bit of shenanigans. And the more shenanigans they've been up to... The more we kind of like it, the more we thrive on it, because as a nation, we like gossip. Gossip is good for us. It's been proven before. Gossip and getting outraged is very good for you. I noticed Christo get a little bit outraged earlier on. He's obviously had disasters with sort of taxis recently. and We've all had disasters with taxes. He seems to get they just don't bother turning up for him. But then again, you know, if I was a taxi driver, I wouldn't want to turn up for him either. So, I mean, it's, you know, who have you got at the back of the car? Christo. It's not like sort of saying, who have you got at the back of the cab? Steve Allen. It's like, yeah, I've got Steve Allen in the back of the cab. We go yesterday um, because uh, everybody was off yesterday. It's great. So I thought I'll get out of Twickenham because of the rugby. And I don't want to mention it again because I'll cry. And I thought I'll go down and see the Godchildren. Not been down there. They haven't seen the new car. So I nipped down there to see them and uh, we were all together, which was nice. So there was about five, six, there was seven of us yesterday. So we decide that because of the rugby in Twickenham, they had anticipated that I would not be wanting to get home too late. Because normally when I go down, I'm home about half past ten. Climb into bed, zonk, out, good night. thank you very much indeed, and then wake up in the morning. Because of the rugby, I didn't want to risk it. 82,000 people, depending on who was going to... And bearing in mind, at this time, we didn't know who'd actually won. I didn't know till, till this morning. And so, uh, so they said, listen, tell me what we do. We're going to go out to a pub and we're going to have a pub lunch so you'll be finished by about five or six o'clock and then, it'll be a, then you can get back home again. So I thought that's brilliant. But in the meantime, we went to Brentwood. Uh, which, as you know, is uh, where I, my parents had a house for a long, long time, long, long time in Wescott Road. And, uh, but of course, they had loads of road closures on as well. So anyway, we parked up. Uh, one person wanted to go to the jewellers to get a, a band adjusted on a ring. And then we thought we'd go and get a cup of coffee. As you do. As you do. You sort of, you you, you wander up the high street. And the good thing is, in Brentwood, uh, Gemma Collins doesn't have a shop anymore. That That's gone. And uh, I think the Fahir's sisters have still got theirs. Whether they're in it half the time, I really couldn't tell you. And uh, Joey Essex might or might not have a shop, I've got no idea. Anyway, you do not see anybody who looks like the old Trouts on The Only Wears Essex. You really don't. You don't see anybody who is over-made up wearing these sort of clothes. Well, that's what we thought. And up until the moment that we were leaving Brentwood, we didn't see anybody. We didn't see anybody who looked like they were really, you know advertising in phone boxes and looking a little bit awful. Because when you see them in Towie, they're made up like drag queens. You don't... The people of Brentwood are perfectly normal. Perfectly normal. In fact, a couple of shops I spoke to the other day, they don't even entertain them going in the shops. They don't want them there. You know, they, they brought the wrong element... Into Brentwood. Might be all right for Sugar Hut if you like that kind of thing. But there again, I think that appeals to, well, that appeals to certain sorts of people. Wouldn't be us. Wouldn't be us going there. So anyway, so we're walking up and down the high street and we're having a look in shops. Went to a kitchen shop. I bought a couple of big mugs. Big mugs. Which was quite nice. Everybody very friendly. Everybody sort of, everybody just nice. And again, still nobody who looks like the old dragons in Towie. And we get to the end of the high street and, uh, and we see an ice cream shop. And so we go, should we have an ice cream instead? And so we we have, you know what it's like when seven of you pile into a shop and you have a look and they had, oh, they had all sorts of things. They had green, green meringue or something. Well, I I cannot remember mango and coconut and, oh, it was just wonderful flavours. And so we all had a tub with two, two flavours in each one. And we decided to sit down and it was delicious. I had, I think, what did I have? I think we must have had pistachio and mango delicious. I mean, just delicious. And uh, so we're sort of sitting in this ice cream parlor, for want of a better description, that also does coffee and paninis and uh, and all sorts of nice things. But We didn't know about that. We just had the ice cream. So we said, can we sit down? And they went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sat down and we're chatting away. We take up two tables because there's enough of us. And then I was aware out of the corner of my eye of the man coming from behind the counter and coming over. I thought, oh, he's going to ask us to leave or something like that. And he said, excuse me, he said, are you Steve? <laughs> you could tell what's coming, aren't you? So I said, yes. He said, I could have taken you and Dale years ago in the back of my cab. I said, you recognise me from, from all those years ago? Because <laughs> they don't do social media, I discovered, in this, uh, in this ice cream parlour, which is called Rossi. And uh, so we were sort of chatting away. He said... Um, You know, it generally takes people about five seconds to get round to the fact I listen to your programme. He said, uh, me and the wife listen to your programme every day. He said, we wake up listening to your programme. So I said, oh, that's very nice indeed. (laughs) And then he sort of, he goes to the back of the shop and we'd sort of been chatting a bit. And I thought, he's not going to produce the wife, surely. No, she's behind the counter. So she comes over. So he says, do you know who this is? So she looks at me. She goes, no, because they don't have social media. So they've got no idea what I look like. Well, she didn't have anyway. And so she went, you Steve Allen? And so I went, yes. No. So we, we go through this thing of, you, you Steve Allen? We listen to you every morning, this and that. Anyway, we've got on like a house on fire. So I said, I'm, I'm going to put you up on Twitter. So they went, well, it doesn't make any difference because we don't have social media, so we don't see these kind of things. So I know they're going to be listening this morning because they wake up and listen to this programme and it's generally about this time every single day. So, to the nice couple who own uh, Rossi's in Brentwood, which was very busy, I have to say, because they do ice cream and paninis and all sorts of things like that. And we had a very nice time indeed. It was nice to meet you as well yesterday. So, anyway, so we leave Rossi's. And uh, we'd been chatting about it. She said, the reason I like you, she said, because you speak your mind. You say what everybody else is thinking. She said, I'm a bit like that as well. I said, yes, sometimes it gets us into trouble. I said, but nine out of ten times, all the people I bump into say exactly the same to me. I agree with everything you say. Might be a little bit that you don't agree with, but I mean, God, not even the almighty gets everybody. So we were generally quite happy. Anyway, so we walked back down the high street. We had a look in a couple of uh, sort of furniture-type shops selling bric-a-brac and all sorts of things like that. That was very nice. And uh, and then we had to go to Bishop Stortford to drop the youngest off because she was going for uh, for a meeting with a friend over there and then we had to go back again. Anyway, we get to the Slug and Lettuce, which is opposite Sugar Hut, almost directly opposite, almost practically opposite. My God, it was full of uglies. Seriously. We, in fact, at one point, I nearly pointed... There was this grotesque creature sitting in the window in daylight. You know, you'd expect it to come out if the moon disappeared behind a cloud in a in a sort of like animal print onesie kind of thing. I mean, it was really tacky with this grotesque makeup and sitting with some bloke. I mean, I wanted to go in there. We all wanted to go in and say to him, you don't seriously think this is attractive. Do it. Please tell me you don't. Please tell me there's a guide dog around here somewhere or you've got a stick that she was so grotesque and then in the next they happened to sit in the window if you're really ugly here is some advice if you're really ugly do not sit in the window of pubs or bars okay it makes you look awful it makes it look like amsterdam okay get my drift anyway this we looked at her and i happened to point at the same time to go look at this here. i mean it was a case of dear lord what do you look like why are you out in daylight hours looking like that I'm taking a break. I'm doing it anyway. So that was the only place in Brentwood. So the slug and lettuce obviously attracts those sort of people. It was really tragic. It's just gone quarter past six. This is LBC leading Britain's conversation. Morning, everybody. 6.20, Sunday morning, 27th of September. It was fascinating listening to Christo earlier on talking about demonisation and people who'd been demonised. It turned out it was mainly African uh, and witch doctors and all that kind of thing then he had some bloke on from Leicester who claimed to do it with the power of the lord uh, which i thought was a, a little bit uh, of an over exaggeration and he couldn't quite explain to christo it seemed to take ages to get an answer out of him on to what he actually did that christian uh, that that christo couldn't do with the power of christo and i didn't i didn't i was sort of listening to it, waiting for this bloke who was getting himself in a dreadful state and was all with all people who claimed to do these things with the power of the lord it's a gross exaggeration, but they can't justify it. They can't actually give you hard and fast rules. So I thought we, we were on a hiding to nothing on this one. We were going round and round and round and round. And I kept thinking, you're not going to get an answer. And then eventually he said, oh, it was with the Holy Ghost. So it, it wasn't actually with what he said to start with. And he lays hands on. I mean, Christo could probably do exactly the same thing and and get the same result. Because what these people come up with is a load of basically mumbo jumbo you know, trying to draw out the impurity on all this kind of garbage that goes on. And Christo was quite rightly putting forward, you know, the argument saying, but I can do all of that anyway. If somebody's a bit depressed, I can talk to them and get them out of the depression. And this guy was saying, yeah, but, you know, I'm doing it with the power of the Lord and all this kind of stuff. But you're, you're banging your head against a brick wall. Christ, uh, Christo, as you know, is an atheist. He doesn't believe in anything like that at all. He believes in the power of, of Christo. He does not believe in the power of anything else. He's not remotely interested in whatever happened in biblical times years and years ago. And then this bloke started going on, and I was waiting for the pickup about uh, Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and stuff like that. And that's what worried me a little bit. I thought to myself, because, you know, is, is Christo going to come back with, well, really? This is this is where the earth originated. It was a big bang and that's it wasn't the Garden of Eden and it wasn't Adam and Eve. But I thought there's no point in going down that route because we managed to get very little out of him on the subject of how he healed people who had the Holy Spirit going in there and how, you know, things weren't all right in the real world and that's why he was a, a minister. With what ordination qualities, I've got no idea. With what... Authority he had this, whether he was a proper ordained minister or whether it was one of these uh, crackpot things on the internet. Because I think I went on the internet some years ago when we were in another building and I managed to get myself ordained in about five seconds. And apparently I was now able to do uh, births, marriages and deaths because I'd got this qualification from this uh, this website. So I suppose anybody could just about get away with it. Uh, Patrick has downloaded the new Sam Smith tune. Very dark and very Bond. It will work when attached to the movie, not the best tune. Now, I, I agree with you, not, not the best tune, but you can tell it's a big orchestra, can't you? We listened to it three times in the car yesterday, and there were certain bits of it where I thought, oh, it sounds a bit like this tune, or it sounds a bit like that tune, or they've taken a bit from here. Either way, it, I think it works. It's a nice piece of music. It's, a, it's certainly a, a, going to be a nice album, I would think. Uh, what's happening now on the Jeremy Kyle show is a uh, guest throwing it back in his face when he offers advice about promiscuity. Well, see, the trouble is he's not promiscuous. It turns out the wife and this polo player, he said in his interview in the paper, this is never anything more. It's not a relationship, it's sex. And I have heard of this kind of thing before. It is just sex. And he said here that nobody in there, because she was into polo as well, nobody in the set, I and mean, you can't imagine Jeremy Kyle playing polo. He's off around the world doing his thing. He expects the mother of his children to be good as gold and staying at home. But, of course, she's out. And he said she was obviously flattered to have sex with a with a younger man. And he's obviously covered his back on this one. And the reason I say that is because if you read into the uh, article, and uh, he's a former pupil at Wellington College in Crowthorne. Um, he had a third late-night meeting with Carla in June, and he saved all the texts between them. And that's when you know somebody's going to go. say so you go, did you have an affair with this bloke? No. So why did you write on this thing here? Make sure you're not seen when you come in the back of the house. You know, why would you write things like that? So and bearing in mind that Jeremy Kyle had been married before. She was the result of a game show on a radio station he worked for. And she was the prize. It was the, the prize. It was a very tacky prize. It was, I think, called something like two strangers and a wedding. And then the marriage gave up and then he he picked up on her. It was always the talk of the business that he'd sort of picked up sloppy seconds in a, in a competition. But they had children and it was all fine. Then obviously, as in the case of a lot of people's marriages, not everybody, but in a lot of marriages, all of a sudden somebody strays and she strayed quite a number of times. So he's not going to enjoy the fact that he's on the front page of the papers. But as one woman says in the paper today... Um, he's been blasted for asking the public to respect his privacy, and there's some woman here who claims his television show helped destroy hers. She was dragged through the courts, appeared in national newspapers, when she was beaten by her partner after appearing on the ITV programme. She went on the show in 2009 to take a lie detector test in an attempt to rescue their relationship after failing the test for kissing somebody whilst on a break from uh, from Just. Mum of two, Rebecca, said uh, Kyle humiliated her in front of a studio audience. Now, I have to defend him on this. Because all these people sign sign a the thing, they know what the program is. If you're going on the Jeremy Kyle show, he's going to shout. That's why he gets away with it because they've all they're, they're all playing the game. Why did you sleep with her? Kind of thing, you know. You get that sort of attitude. So he can't then complain when the press sleep on his back on this one, and it's going to run all week. It's going to run all week. I mean, it's not the most pleasant thing. He should have expected a lot more from her. She's quite clearly, you know. I mean, she's the mother of his children. But sleeping with a a young, good-looking polo player, I don't know. Perhaps that goes on a lot in that set. I don't know. I've never played polo. Nobody's ever invited me to play polo. I don't get to do things like that. Bit of a shame, isn't it? But it doesn't really matter. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Everything in on the programme this morning. I think, actually... Was it uh, Christo was talking about the, the internet trolls, you know, people who sort of write vile things. I just tend to find it so simple. If somebody writes you something vile, you just click on it, it deletes it, send it to the rubbish bin, you don't see them ever again. I don't know why he doesn't do that. I was going to say to him the other day, if you get anything on, on Twitter, just delete, just block them, and then somebody else can read them. But you know it's if it's real, because it's got a tick on it. If we don't have a tick, it ain't real. Simple as that. Certainly my case... I've had one before who was somebody pretending to be me, mentally ill, some serious mental illness. You know, somebody who's very lonely, they don't have a lot going on, they probably don't have a job. And, um, as I say, all we do here is, because global's so big, we just get the police involved. End of story. So easy. Frankie Valley's in London in the next two weeks, says Tom in Canada. Uh, If you can't get him on, get in touch with me. Yes, I mean, I think we tried last time. I've got Tom Jones coming in next week, which I'm very much looking forward to. Tom Jones will be in the studio for me. And uh, message on to Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Number one fan, says Jenny. It's backstarring Jason Donovan at the New Wimbledon Theatre from the 5th of October to the 10th of October. Love Jason. Love Jason. He's in this building a lot of the time. Uh, also, can you start a campaign, says Howard, to bring back the news of the world? Sunday is not the same without it. He says, for your information, I appeared four times on the front page. <laughs> Never sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Is that a good thing? Bad thing. Who knows? We shall find out, no doubt, as the, uh, as the days, the weeks and the months go by. Um, uh, more stories in the papers. Uh, Ollie love split. This is, uh... X Factor host Ollie Murs, has split from his long term love, The Sun Can Reveal. And apparently, wait for this one, here we go. Why have they split? Is she seeing somebody? Is he seeing somebody? Or is it something else? The answer is, it's something else. They've been together, I think, for about three years, and it finished last week. Um, Ollie had previously gushed about their relationship, calling it life changing. Apparently, the, the stresses of the X Factor. Oh, do me a favour. God in heaven, what stress? What stress, dear? What stress would you have? You go in there, somebody faffs around with your hair and poofs it all up. Somebody puts makeup on your face and you stand in front of a camera and millions of people see you. What stress, dear? It's like this programme. I arrive in the studio. I, I generally hear about an hour in advance. I have to be because we've got to have a costume fitting and I go to the costume fitting and sometimes they have to adjust the trousers, depending on whether I'm breathing in or out at the time. And then I go to make Then they'll do hair. Well, I say do hair. They all sit around laughing, and I just sort of sit there in tears. And then I, you know, I get made a cup of coffee. Somebody then comes over and says, would you like the full English? In which case, the day is completely different. And uh, and then I wander into the studio. I sit down with the producer, Will. He says, OK, what do you want to do today? And I sit there blankly for a few seconds, and then he starts feverishly typing, and uh, and then we end up with a program at the end of this show today at eight o'clock. I will leave this studio. I will go back round to hair and makeup. I will give the hair back. They will take the clothes off my body. They'll put my grubby little tracksuit on with my naff trainers. I'll have a pair of pink pants sticking up the back and a T-shirt showing my bare midriff. I shall stick a pair of sunglasses on my face and I shall walk out into the big bad world. And then I shall turn up here again tomorrow morning. And that's the glamour of radio. There is no stress involved. The only stress is whether or not you can wake up with the alarm clock. So when they go, you know, he couldn't keep his relationship together because of stress. Why do I get the feeling there's somebody going to emerge in this relationship around the corner? Why do I get this feeling? Why do I get a feeling there's something going to happen over the next week or so? Why have I got this feeling? I don't know. Quick time check for you. It's 6.30. With the latest headlines, it's Philip Chrysikos. Jeremy Corbyn. Morning, everybody. Oh, two celebrities this week. Two celebrities today in the papers. What have they done? They've parked in disabled bays. Oh, my goodness me. Really, the lowest, scuzziest thing ever to do. One is John Terry. Well, that kind of speaks for itself, because he's done it before. This time, he called in to Isha to go and get a kebab, and he parked in a disabled bay. Shame on you, Mr Terry. Shame on you. Can't be bothered to walk, can you? What's the matter? Something the matter with your legs? Something the matter with him? The other one, Danny Dyer. Four hours he parked in a disabled bay, leaving some poor woman hobbling across the car park. Shame on you, Mr Dyer. Shame on you. Got something the matter with your legs as well? Perhaps you need to get together with John Terry. Perhaps you need to go and get sorted out by a physios. Obviously something the matter with you, mentally graceful, honestly, these people who are more than capable of walking, mind you, old uh, old dyer smokes like a trooper so he might be sort of dying, well I've got no idea there must be something to matter why you'd park in a disabled bay, he doesn't carry a disabled sticker does he? I want to get it wrong or something like that but I mean, you don't park in a disabled bay in a car park, you put it you put it in a normal bay, come on and John Terry, you've been told before, mate naughty naughty mind you, your family's a bit naughty naughty, aren't they so, you know, you mustn't park on a disabled bay it's not for you, dear it's not for you. It's for other people, people who are genuinely disabled, as indeed you might be yourself one day. Who knows? Somebody says, um, if your view of ugliness may be different to others. No, it's not. Once you're ugly, you're ugly. No, there's there, there no such. Are you subscribing to that beauty's in the eye of the beholder? Oh, grow up, for goodness sake. No, if you're ugly, you're ugly and you know it. You probably look in the, look in the mirror now. There you are. You're an ugly. Loads of people are uglies. You don't, you don't need to. There's no point. You know, ugly is, is not sort of just in the eye of the beholder. It's not just, you know, what I see as ugly. Everybody sees them as ugly. You know, that's the way it is. I'm sorry. Sorry to, sorry to burst your bubble in the morning. But, you know, if you're an ugly person, you know you're an ugly person. That's why you look with envy at people who are attractive. Talking of people who are attractive, the Beckhams, they're trying to make out in the newspapers, and they've been doing this for about the past week, that, um, that the tensions are sort of between them. Like you know, like most marriages. If it's true, it's like most marriages, isn't it? There would be tension. There would be times when in a relationship, you know, you would argue with somebody and you go, oh, I can't stand you, I can't stand it. She'd disappear. And so Victoria gets slightly tiddled the other day. It's because she doesn't eat any food. So two glasses of wine and she's practically doing impressions of bury me in a, in a Y-shaped coffin. And so she, she seriously, she comes out, she can't, keep her legs, she can't stand up in heels because if you put her in flats you'd never see her, she disappears so they put her in heels and, uh, and um, so she comes out of this party she's clinging on to Dave who looks furious, well difficult to tell whether Dave's furious or he's just putting on one of his butch faces I can't tell, is that one of his camera faces You know, to try and look mean and moody anyway she's clinging on to him, unfortunately there is a wet patch on her jeans she claims that uh, she spilt a glass of wine down herself I don't think the press bought into it at all. I really don't think the press... I think what happens... Because if you spill a glass of wine down yourself, you don't just spill it in one area. It goes all over you, doesn't it? Come on, we all know what happens. You spill a glass of wine and you get half a... No, she only had it in one section of her body where it maybe could have emanated from. So now they're saying not only can she not handle her drink, but she can't remember to go to toilet either. And so they've got this picture. They apparently had words, so they say. I'm never too I'm never too convinced by that. I, I think that every, you know, they go, but of course they are great parents. It's like, you know, Peter Andre, biggest buffoon under the sun, but he loves his kids. You know, and he'll always weave his kids into everything he does. Because that's Peter Andre, because he's a bit sickly sweet. He's a bit eh, eh, eh. He's a bit Anthea Turner. You know, Anthea Turner is a little bit too saccharine. She's a little bit Princess, was it Tippy Toes, Eamon Holmes called her. Princess Tippy And she is like that. <laughs> That's poor old Anthea Turner. But, uh, you know, the brand is worth a bit of money for the Beckhams. So as long as she can sort of cut down on the boozing at parties, that'll be better. I think best when she goes out, just have a lemonade or something or, you know, I don't know, some juice or something. Something that she could get a part of her five a day from. So give her some mango juice or things like that. But don't let her anywhere near the vino. She can't, she, because she doesn't eat anything, she can't handle it. And you know she won't eat anything because she's worried about putting on the weight. But she, if you see her in real life... And I've sat next to her, remember. She's this thin. She's seriously thin. Very, very thin. Very, very thin indeed. But, uh, so please eat more. Um, Amy. Oh, when we went to um, um, uh, Brentwood yesterday, we did see Amy Charles's little boutique. That was quite sweet. And Chloe Sims's. God, that looks tacky. That looks real tacky. But there again, it appeals to these tacky people who are sitting in a slug and lettuce in the window yesterday. I should have taken a picture. I should have taken a picture. I've never seen... I didn't realise it was possible to actually get so many ugly people in one bar, all sitting in the window as well. Um, another one here. What do producers actually do? Well, they, they produce. They produce the programme. That's what producers do. That's why they get paid a huge amount of money. And, uh, and that's what they do. They, they produce things. I, me- I remember having a producer once years ago. And, uh, and I said, oh, we need to find so-and-so, so-and-so. And I said, well, I can't. I said, well, you can. That's why you're employed as a producer. You produce... guest, You produce a programme. It's the producer's job to push all the buttons, unlike uh, Christo, who pushes his own buttons uh, in more than one way. Uh, I can't do that. I have an inability to push buttons. I cannot hand, eye, mouth. I cannot coordinate everything at the same time. So I have a producer who does it. Lots of us have them. You know, James O'Brien has them. Uh, oh, he's got a terrible habit. Did I mention James O'Brien's habit? I must. I'll do it tomorrow morning for you. Terrible habit. I, only, I remembered it the other day. I remember thinking, oh, I must mention that on the programme. <laughs> I suddenly remembered as I I, I used the implement today. I remember thinking, oh no 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 no. Anyway, uh, so uh, Nick Ferrari, he has a producer. And loads of people. Ian Dale's got a producer. There's a there's a few people here. Like Nick Abbott. Nick Abbott can drive a desk because he's got the ability. And Christo can do it. I can't do it. And um, so that's why I have a producer. Will pushes the buttons and he'll sort of, you know, get the stuff out for the free podcast. If necessary, he'd probably go and get me a cup of coffee. But I can manage to do something by myself most of the time. <laughs> most of the- So that's what producers do. They, they produce things. Yes, I am well aware, Re-Oli Murs that Caroline Flack has split with her other half. And didn't he say that he liked her a lot? That's why I, I gently offered a hint that uh, Olly Murs splits with his girlfriend. You don't think it's another one of these couples who think they're going to make it as television's golden couple. You know, and we got Rochelle Humes. or oh, I- She's a bit like a Navvy, isn't she, poor soul? You know, you could tart somebody up, but they open their mouth and they let themselves down badly. And so they've got that person. Then you've got various other sort of... They think they're going to be the next sort of golden couple, on the, you know, the next Richard and Judy, which, of course, isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's like Daniela Westbrook and, I don't know, any sort of bloke round the corner who's got some stuff for sale. You know, that would that would make perfect sense in this day and age. But they all want to do it, so I don't know whether or not Oli Mers has split up with his girlfriend because they've just reached the end, or whether or not people people stray nowadays. I would hate to think he was straying. I would hate to think that Caroline Flacker got her evil claws into him. I would hate to think of that. But we'll have to watch the papers this week and find out. Uh, another one here. A lot of people talking about uh, about Jeremy Kyle and, uh, and saying, well, perhaps now he's got a taste of his own medicine. The press are going to quiz him about his relationship with his wife, but he has admitted on television that they haven't haven't had sex for ages and ages and it turns out well she she wouldn't because she's she's with the polo player but it is just that it is it is just that it's just a it's a relationship not not a not a physical relationship Jackie and Ascot says did you manage to see Peter Andre in and strictly if not you must now what does that mean does that mean that he's good or does that mean that he's a bit creepy because he's on the picture he's on the uh, Pages of fabulous magazine today. This is Peter Andre, who seems to think that he's good looking, and so he does these sort of posy posy things. It's a bit pretentious because when you see him in real life, he's a bit naff. Actually, you know, the nose could do with doing. The hair's a bit bit skew whiff, and he's now getting on a bit. What is he now? Forty five, fifty, something like that. Creeping on. But uh, still, Pete loves his kids, and that's all that matters. Uh, Lily Allen is now described as a troubled singer. Troubled is when they can't think of anything else to write about somebody, and they go, she's, mm, troubled. You go, what does that mean? They go, no, mm, oh, troubled, you know, troubled. It means that, you know, nothing's going right in her life. Anyway, apparently, they can reveal the paper that she spent the past week at uh, Claridge's, where rooms cost around £1,000 a night. They make it out to be something like, £1,000 a night, who can afford that? Well, Lily Allen can. So if she wants to stay there for a week, that's five grand. It's all tax deductible, I should imagine. And while the mum of two was spotted at a string of London Fashion Week bashes, hubby Sam Cooper and their daughters stayed at the family home in the countryside. So? So? She's troubled. I think she's a bit emotional. I think perhaps she needs to get back in the recording studio, but I'm not sure if that's actually on the cards. I don't I don't I don't think it's on the cards at the moment. So that's why they put down troubled. And and the rest of it you just have to uh, to make up for yourself as you go along. Um it's so true Steve says Nick in Bexley Poor Soul. He said why do ugly people always sit in the window of coffee shops? Yeah, I mean it's like why do the morbidly obese sit in the front window of Kentucky Fried Chicken? They should be moved. They should be moved like that and I did get a bit angry the other day and I nearly used bad language. Do you remember the um the bloke from the forces who gets injured on the base and goes to hospital and they shove him in a corridor. They, they, they don't want him on display in his uniform because apparently they've had an altercation between a patient and somebody in uniform before. Well, to make it worse, this hospital, which carries the Queen Mother's name, so shame on them. Shame on them. And they should be avoided like the plague. What a vile bunch of people they must be shoving somebody in a corridor because he's in a uniform. I'm sorry. These people need to be taken out and sort of thrown out on the scrap heap. Then it turns out the the shop inside the hospital didn't stock the paper that ran the story. How funny is that? You should go round there and plaster the paper up all over the place. What horrible people they must be. And carrying the, the Queen Mother's name as well. Even worse. Uh, so Nick says people are always sitting in the window of coffee shops. He said sometimes I have to drag my jaw off the floor. Yes, I mean, why do they want to sit in the window? Is it because they really believe that they are attractive? Because these ones at the Slug and Lettuce, I mean, it kind of. In fact, seriously, I thought that the pub was named after them. 84850 steve at UK. On my travels around Blackpool, says Dennis, I noticed a lot of Baptist churches in the area. But it was on my way through uh, St Anne's to Lytham, Lytham St Anne's, I saw one called the Carpenter of Nazareth. And uh, draped across the railings, there was a big white sign with black writing which said, The Carpenter of Nazareth Needs Joiners. I think that's quite good, isn't it? I like the sign outside the church around my way. You know, uh, looking for a good time? Come in here today and meet the Lord. And somebody had written underneath on the sign, if you're looking for an even better time, call Janice on 0208 3- <laughs> So we did. It's uh, 14 minutes to 7. This is... Every every week there seems to be another story about failed kids company. This this gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, this time uh, the accusation is of them employing a man who originally was accused of murdering Damilola Taylor, uh, but he was uh, eventually acquitted. This is Hassan Jihad, who's 29. He was employed um, as a driver at the time. Uh, kids company boss Camilla moved him out of his South London council house and paid the rent on his new home. She was quite clearly just using the money for her own purposes. That's all it turned out to be. I mean, how? This woman has not been investigated before. Everybody I've spoken to goes, you wait, there's more stuff to come out. Anyway, a source said Hassan is one of Camilla's favourites. Well, she's known him and his family for 15 years. They've all received money and perks. He was still a client of the charity when it closed last month. A client! Hassan worked at Kids' Company as an odd job man and delivery driver. In 2010, he got a two-year jail term after being convicted of robbery, false imprisonment and theft. His rap sheet includes convictions for several robberies and thefts. Kids' Company closed their doors. You remember, as Camilla bleated to anybody who'd listen to this woman, that uh, 36,000 children were now at risk. So immediately they set up a hotline just to make sure these vulnerable children were looked after. How many calls? Two Two. She quite clearly is a compulsive liar and doesn't even know it. Anyway, there was drug-taking allegations, sexual abuse on the premises, mismanagement, financial and otherwise. Last night, Damalola's father, Richard, praised the son for their investigation. It's come at just the right time and there should be a further inquiry into the relationship between Hassan Jihad and Kids' Company. They sound like a ghastly thing, but they got away with it for donkey's years, didn't they? They absolutely got away with it. And, of course, the moment the cash cow was stopped, she was bleating on every television and radio programme as to, you know, how many people were going to suffer. And it turned out it was no such thing at all. So how much money did they uh, have and where did it all go, is the big question, isn't it? Uh, uh, One says, uh, Peter Andre, I'm wondering if you saw the same article I did in one of the broadsheets on him. They're tipping him to win. I don't know how they can be. I mean, you know, it, it, I think he's, uh, I think they go, oh, Peter, I should imagine it's his agent putting out loads of stories. There was another one the other day. Peter could be the face of ITV's new motoring programme. Well, as Peter Andre's presenting skills are, let's just call them limited. I would think that any, any uh, programme that involves Peter Andre and is just I mean, doomed to failure, as far as I'm concerned. They even dropped his reality show. It was so dull. He doesn't do anything they just arranged a few of his fans to turn up somewhere and Pete sort of got out of the car signed some autographs. He's beginning to look a little bit naff, I'm afraid. Uh, Brentwood sounded good, says Noreen. Ice cream's all round. Yep, yep. And uh, you mentioned Jason Donovan. Many years ago, my friend and I took her daughter to see him at Wembley. The men went for a curry when the men came back to collect us. He was still on, but the doors had been opening, ready for the end of the show. Brian and Tony crept in and promptly got thrown out. The embarrassment... Did you see Strictly? Peter Andre was very good. Top of the leaderboard. Also, the lady from Call the Midwife was good. I thought so anyway. Yeah, she seemed to do quite well. She seemed to do quite well. And, um... David says there is a hairdresser in Exmouth called Hairport. Always makes me chuckle. Yes. It's the only thing. You go in there and you pay the money to take something away from you. Um... Paul says, I do go after fakers using disabled badges. I said the other week, somebody told me how to read them. There's an X or a Y in the middle, which denotes male or female and their date of birth. If you see somebody 25 in the badges for a 1965, then I call it in. I've started loads of TFL private hire vehicles about abusing them to get free parking. Oh, there's loads of people. I saw somebody the other day. Two women, Sainsbury's at Hampton, get out in tracksuits, run across the car park. They parked in a disabled bay and they've got a sticker. Can't have been theirs. Cannot have been theirs crooks. They're all over. All over the place. Uh, Cregan. Dale Cregan. Anything that makes this man's life more miserable, we applaud. He's the cop killer. The one-eyed cop killer. I'm surprised, actually. uh, Nobody's sort of uh, touched him in prison. He's furious. Oh, shame. After his sister risked his son's life by posting pictures of him on Facebook, the gangster's lad, Sonny. Sonny Cregan. Kind of... That doesn't go together. has been living at a secret address since Cregan murdered two mob rivals. Dear... Anyway, the one-eyed killer fears the boy is now in greater danger after his sister, Stacy, put a photograph of him on Facebook. Alongside, she commented that her adorable nephew was the spitting image of his dad. Oh, God. Stacy obviously not the brightest penny in the box and not very popular at the moment. The threat to Sonny is still very real. Like Dale, his enemies have no morals and will do whatever it takes to take revenge. uh Look out for something really dreadful happening. Oh, not Kristina Rihanov again. Uh, Strictly stars Tough Russian Childhood. Yeah, there's so many people who look like this in Russia, dear. And why she's wary of men. She's flogging a tatty book. And already they've managed to reduce the price of it because it's obviously not shifting. Mainly because they can't find people who are interested in buying the blooming Thing. Why would you really... I mean, be honest with you. Be honest with yourself. Why would you ever want to buy a book about Kristina Rihanov? Who would buy that? I could sell more copies than she could. My life's far more entertaining. Hers, Russia, you know, went with loads of men, wrote story about it. How dull is that? Uh, Ian says, will Jeremy look at me, look at me? Do you see that on the pro? He does do that a lot. I didn't realise until I saw it the other day. Look at me, look at me. You th- I don't want to look at you, you're ugly. <laughs> That's what they do, don't they? It's Paul, Paul Zerdin's line for one of his characters. Hey, Ugly. Kyle now uh, should have his wife on the show taking a lie detector test to find out how often she's been seeing the new boyfriend and then shouting, full house, full house. Why did she say that? Because she was lying. That's what it should be, shouldn't it, on the programme. Look at me, look at me. You're my wife. Look at me. How many times did you cheat? Once, twice? We took a lie detector test. Did you cheat more than 20 times? No, I didn't. Why did she say that? Because she's lying. She failed every single test. That's what we want to see on the programme. I'm banking it'll never happen, but I mean, I'm secretly in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping that ITV have gone, uh, uh, come on, really, I think that actually should be, that should be the style of the next programme. <laughs> uh, Repeater Andre, yes to both, I will look forward to your views tomorrow in case you don't want to watch all of the, uh, the Saturday show. Who's on last, says Jackie Escott. Uh, Ollie Murs gives me the creeps, Steve. Well, oh, I quite like Ollie Murs. I quite like, I quite like. Sally says, unfortunately, Andre danced well last night. I say unfortunately, because should he win, can you imagine what would happen to his already enormous ego? Oh, God. Oh, that would be awful, wouldn't it? I mean, his ego is beyond and out of control completely. He is so, he's a bit, he's a bit, he's a bit, he's a bit big-headed, actually. It's not good. Uh, James said, did the producers produce you or are you a divine creation? I think I'm more than a divine creation. I think, I'm, I think I'm possibly a one-off. That's always a good thing, I think. You don't want two, do you? Too much of a good thing is dull. And so that's why there's just me. Uh, Christine says, Nick Hewitt is a genuine gentleman. Could listen to him all day. He's nice, actually, isn't he? He's a nice man. And you get an opportunity to hear my in-conversation repeated again this evening at 9 o'clock on LBC. Do you think Jezza Kyle will get the polo advert... I don't know there are sort of I mean the trouble is I don't want to lay into Jeremy Carl too much because it's not his fault the, the marriage has obviously reached the end you know if, if she's been secretly seeing somebody else and getting it elsewhere you can imagine when you climb into bed at the end of the day and he goes so how and she goes no really not a headache headache I have really got a headache and that's why I remember the, the story of the husband climbing into bed and just before he climbed into bed he gave his wife an anodine she went what's that for he said it's in case you get a headache Because that's always the excuse, oh, I've got a dreadful headache. I couldn't now, couldn't now. I don't get headaches. Consequently, I'm like an animal between the sheets. A total animal. A gazelle mainly, attacked by a lion. That's the way it goes, I'm afraid. I'm just rubbish. I'm rubbish. I tell people that, I'm rubbish. Seriously, I'd rather just lie there, have a cup of cocoa, you know, and turn the light off and listen to a DVD. All this other stuff is just boring, isn't it? You know, shall we cuddle? No, we shan't. This is what I get from Teddy all the time, you know. Come on. I've got all these... I like stuffed toys. There's a joke there somewhere, and I'll make it by myself probably during the news. But no, I'm serious. I just don't... I just can't be bothered. It's, you know, in the middle of winter, and it's been getting cold. Have you noticed how cold it is recently? When you literally, you get in, you go... And you walk around, you know, the house in your sort of, in your shorts... And a little T-shirt showing my midriff. You know, just in case anybody should knock on the door. It's not a pleasant sight and I've generally scared off most people. Jehovah's Witnesses won't even come to the door now. Seriously, they actually get as far as the door. I open the door in a towel, drop the towel, they're gone. You know, it just it's just not happening anymore. I've got to think of some new way. I've got to think of some new way of making myself attractive to people. I thought offering money might help. You know, or fruit, and orange or something like that. It's impossible at the moment. Because generally speaking, I'm a bit like Del Boy in a bar. I have a drink and then fall over or embarrass myself. So that's not working. So I don't know what the next... I think perhaps a small advert, you know, perhaps in loot or in the newsagent's window. You know, good-looking... Well, all Well, right, take that bit out. Um, attractive... Oh, oh elderly, very elderly uh, person, seeks other person to share miserable jigsaws with, you know we could sit down and do a jigsaw, something like that I've got new neighbours at the moment they're East European, so we haven't actually had a conversation but I'm sure we will and, um, and then perhaps we'll have a cup of coffee, and then we progress on to the Prosecco. It's all very exciting, actually. So they're probably listening to this programme now going, I think we'll move again. I don't want to live next door to this bloke. He sounds far too worrying. Coming up to the news at 7 o'clock this Sunday morning, it's the 27th of September. Much depression in the country as England lose to Wales. They couldn't believe it either. It was terrible. Morrissey's been advised to stick to the day job. The critics have pulled apart his first novel. It's Grimmy Up North. If you're on X Factor and you're mentored by Nick Grimshaw, because apparently, hilarious though it might seem, he's got a radio programme. I don't know where that broadcasts, but he has a radio programme and uh, you're going to have to go to a house in Manchester. Not the same, not the same. Martin Freeman makes a direct plea to David Cameron to ban wild animals in circuses. A top MP says, I'm no porky pie teller and I agree with him. He's not, not the name I've heard anyway. Fury of the Alton Towers girl who lost a leg, as bosses tell her we've lost a lot of money. And Nicola Sturgeon, I'm not taking any Syrian refugees in. That and more after the news. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. Bc. Morning, everybody. Sunday, 27th of September. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast until 8 o'clock when Stig will be along with us. They've got the uh, the front page story today of the 26 romps with uh, Jeremy Kyle's wife. Uh, he's a polo player. She apparently enjoys polo. He's been away in the country, out of the country. And uh, and the rest, as they say, is probably the everyday story of folk down in the burbs. Uh, a new move in the hunt for Madeline McCann. Yes, just when you thought they weren't going to do something, apparently they're going back because there's been a spate of burglaries in Portugal. As I say, why the Portuguese police are not looking at it, I've got no idea. Uh, The celebrity chef's back, the thinner dinner trend, and Big Brother needs some big names. At the moment, it's all losers, isn't it, really? And luckily, we've seen the back of old Chloe, I can cry without any tears, fraudulent Wichello, and, um, and her really odd boyfriend. And it was won by somebody out of The Apprentice who nobody's ever heard of. Uh, It's tough for Toffee and Kids Company who employed the man accused of murdering Damilola Taylor. As I say, it was the cash cow of all cash cows, wasn't it? Governments shoved in money, well-meaning people shoved in money. Uh, Alan Yentob was interviewed about uh, Camilla, became very infuriated with the interviewer's close questioning. There was something that smelt rotten about that and I'm surprised nobody saw through it because anybody who ever met her said there was something not quite right. You couldn't put your finger on it. You don't know what it is, but then it turns out that there weren't... She wasn't helping... I remember speaking to a well-known journalist. She wasn't helping 36,000 children or 6,000 or even 600. It turned out to be just, you know, sort of friends... And they were having this money, and it was millions, millions. Small wonder when they closed it down, she got a little bit uppity about it and started sort of saying, you know, we're helping all these children. Uh, I don't think giving money is helping children at all. In fact, if anything, it, wasn't, uh, it was doing completely the opposite. Uh, Gary Lineker pulls out a match of the day. His mum's uh, not very well. Uh, a picture of uh, Miranda Hart. She puts her company into liquidation, she makes £3 million. That's what they had in the bank of this uh, company here. Three thousand, sorry, three million eight hundred and forty-five thousand pounds. Wow, it's not bad, is it? Just goes to prove there is an awful lot of money in televisual things. Um, Rolf Harris. Stole my innocence at the age of seven. He never said sorry, but called his victims money grabbers instead. Says uh, a lady called Wendy, who was abused at the age of seven by Rolf Harris. Do you know, I still can't believe it. I know it seems really odd, doesn't it? After all that's been going on in the courts and with all these people. I must have been the only one who never thought Rolf Harris was slightly suspect at all. It wasn't until it all came out, you suddenly realise that we don't know anything at all. And uh, so she's waived her... Anonymity. The papers are saying go and study her picture because he will get this paper in prison. He will get this paper in prison. And he's offered some ludicrous amount of money, twenty two thousand pounds. Well Rolf Harris must be a multimillionaire. I would think there's a very good chance he's a multimillionaire. Uh, she wasn't just a star to me, she was the galaxy. That was Joan Collins on on Jackie. I got a lovely um letter from Jackie's agent the other day saying that she was very sorry she never came to see me last time she was in town because she's been in to see me every other time. And this was the time, of course, that she fell ill. And so they, they whisked her back home. And, so, and she said she was very much looking forward to talking to you, but unfortunately, you know, we had to go back home again. So I think that's a bit, a bit sad, isn't it, really? But we loved her to pieces. We loved her to pieces. Adrian says there's a classic car show on at Kempton today. Why don't you come along? I would if I wasn't busy. <laughs> um, somebody says, you are the sunshine of my day. I think it's life, actually, isn't it? I mean, I, I do know most of the Stevie Wonder songs and uh, everything from fingertips onwards. Um, another one here talks about uh, how good the In Conversations were this week. And don't forget, they're also available on, on um, viewing. I couldn't remember what it was called now. Video. Because we actually record all of them in the studio, so in fact you can go on to the LBC website and you can have a look through and you can see the ones that we've done so far and so you get Nick Hewer and uh, Neve Cusack today. She's, you'll know her immediately, just in case the name doesn't quite sink in. You'll know her from Heartbeat. You recognise her voice immediately. And that programme is repeated at nine o'clock this evening. But you will find the videos up on the LBC website. Uh, the new trauma. I was in two minds over this one this morning. This is the girl who um, was on the ride at Alton Towers and she lost a leg. Um, it it was a total disaster, whichever way you look at it. And she's now said, because I did think the other week uh, she'd been on television and she's talked about it. Now she's obviously going back through this uh, sort of regressing and she's saying, I, I don't know who actually will want to, to know me. Well, I mean, obviously, she's a very attractive girl. The fact that she's only got one leg is it does not stop people. I've seen people who are... Uh, multiple amputees and it doesn't stop then because the radiance comes from within them Uh, she said the Alton Tower bosses told me they want to reopen the Smiler because they're losing millions, she says I feel insulted I wish they'd pull it down, well they're not going to pull it down I mean I don't think you're ever going to get that that situation, it was a really unfortunate accident, I'm assuming unfortunate because I don't know the ins and outs of it at all but they will want to reopen it and they are right, they have lost millions they lost loads and loads of money, I know that it doesn't make you feel any better but at least you know that the treatment that you're getting for the loss of your leg is, is the best you can get anywhere in the world. So for that, you should be grateful. I know it probably doesn't seem it at the moment, but maybe sort of later in life. Uh, lights, camera, auction. What have they got here? They've got uh, a head from Alien. This, I don't know I can't remember what this thing was, but it looks lovely. They've bought 52,000 for it. They've got uh, Superman Returns outfit. Thirteen thousand Jurassic Park amber walking cane. Nineteen thousand Indiana Jones's iconic fedora and bull whip. Hundred and thirty thousand and a Star Wars stormtrooper helmet nine grand. Or Mr Spock's tunic from Star Trek series two fifty five grand. Now I know there's many of you listening who like this uh, this kind of stuff. Actually, I'm, oh, actually talking of the rugby, I must mention this because I found the other day. A lot of businesses in Twickenham up their prices for the rugby. I didn't... I mean, I must be incredibly naive. I didn't realise this. One of the uh, restaurants there, which is a fairly new one, has a minimum spend of 25 quid a head. There's a pub that charges 60 quid for their food, and then your booze is on top of it. I mean, it's it's a bit of a rip-off. There is one fish-and-chip shop outside of Twickenham where they offer smaller sizes of fish to the rugby crowd. And somebody did tell me that was an ice cream van who was charging £4.50 for a 99. I mean, I I do think that's a bit bad. I said to Paul Cooper, who's got the fruit and veg shop, I said, you might as well put your prices up. I said, because everybody else is putting their prices up. Ridiculous, isn't it? Frankie Boyle was appearing, not in Twickenham, but down at Richmond, in a big tent down there for the fans. Somebody I spoke to said he's very rude. I said, yeah, but I do think he's quite funny. I do think he's... I mean, I do think he's he's, he's very funny. I mean, provided you can take some of the stuff he says you... Ooh, I'm not sure about that. He makes Katie Hopkins look like Mother Teresa... Sorry, I have to have a quick slurp of my coffee, this one I'm getting quite into it. Uh, lots of things on, you know, people talking about uh, Doctor Who, lots of people talking about uh, the Bond theme. I have heard it. I do like it. I do like it. I can't I can't help like it because I'm just that kind of person. And I, I didn't like it when I started because I'm not a big Sam Smith fan. But this does grow on you. And I think by the time you see it on the big screen, uh, with everything, it'll work. Martin Freeman. I like Martin Freeman. He's a very good looking boy. Very good looking boy. Uh, He made a direct appeal to David Cameron to ban wild animal acts in circuses. He's written a letter to the Prime Minister urging him to honour a pledge to end the practice. uh, Because they say that the animals are confined to cages or boxcars for long periods, forced to perform painful tricks and are denied opportunities for natural behaviour. The trouble is we've always had circus in this country. And I'm not taking issue with Martin Freeman on it. It's just that as a child, I went to... Bertram Circus, which was at Olympia, and Coco the Clown, who was the star of the circus, he wouldn't work in a circus that had animals, and yet he'd grown up working in circuses. If you go to America, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey's, they have animals and they have the circus trains, and you've seen all the films. I don't think they do that many. It depends what you call by wild animals. Would you call a horse a wild animal? So in other words, would it be all right to have horses performing In a in a ring because Zippo circus have horses. Uh, Then you have Norman Barrett's budgies. Then you have dog acts. I've seen Pavlov's dog act where they play football and things like that. Is that okay, Or is it when we get down to lions and tigers and stuff like that? You know, the real dangerous stuff, because normally you wouldn't see them. You, do, you don't see animals like that. I always worry about the cages, thinking, just in case the thing gets out. It's not going to be sitting there going, hello, would you like to shake my paw? I don't think so. God, you'd be running for the world, wouldn't you, for that one. I think I'd develop new limbs to be running away from it so i do like seeing animals but there again if you're going to close down circuses then you might as well close down zoos as well at the same time whereas zsl london zoo they have a breeding program and that's what they're particularly good at the wildcat survival trust they have a breeding program of uh of all sorts of animals and they're very very successful at it very successful what did i watch the other day i watched um that Brian McFadden programme, it's who's doing the dishes. Do you know, I'm warming to it a little bit. I find Brian McFadden terribly irritating, terribly irritating. But I'm warming to it. The only problem is they're not putting out the best people. we had Kelly Maloney on there, a bit dreary. Linda Lusardi was on the other day. We had some bloke who was on, he's a, a Speedway rider, Carl Fogarty, I think. And and I'm looking forward to better names. That's what I'm looking for. But as I say, it's Brian McFadden, who's the irritant. He's the kind of person you think, I wish you'd go away. And while you're at it, can you take Anthea Turner with you? And Melanie Sykes. And any one of a number of other people. Uh, Also, they were talking today in the paper about uh, Big Brother needing big names. Kevin O'Sullivan saying that, um, you know, celebrity Big Brother, he's won it. James Hill. And he revealed, I'd never met a celebrity before. He turned up on the television, where he thinks his career's going, I've got no idea. But uh, at least, he said, here's to X Factor Oddball, Stevie Ritchie and tearless weepy Chloe Jasmine, who actually believe they're still going to get married. Good luck with that, he said. I agree with it. Good luck with your lack of career. Oh, here's this picture of John Terry, who does not have a blue badge, in a disabled bay. Shame on you. Shame on you disgraceful, honestly. Perhaps he doesn't care about disabled people. Perhaps he sticks two fingers up to you. He certainly couldn't care less. If you were disabled with a child and you wanted to park there, you can't because Mr Big Time, Mr John Terry's parked in your space. What a waste. Quarter past seven. Morning every. 7.20 is the time. Now, Globals Make Some Noise Day is fast approaching. On Thursday, October the 8th, We'll be raising money for LBC's charity to help change young lives in London and throughout the UK. We want to give charities that often struggle to get heard a voice and raise some much needed cash. This is where you come into it, because next week we'll be telling you how you can bid for some amazing money can't buy auction prizes, including an amazing day behind the scenes here at LBC and a fantastic holiday to Washington, D.C. You can help make a difference. You can go to lbc.co.uk to download our Dress Loud pack and find out how you can be part of something really special on Global's Make Some Noise Day, which is Thursday, October the 8th. And I'll thank you in advance for taking part, because I know you will. It's going to be a great day and it'll make a huge difference to children and to young people who need our support. And I'll have something as well that you can bid for, as indeed we have every year. And this one, um, it's edible. Okay, that's all I'm telling you. This, this one is edible. Uh, Jason's eating chocolate eclairs and Milton Keynes. Do you know I fantasised over? It. Not chocolate eclairs, cream horns the other day, because they apparently did it on the Great British Bake Off, and they had an advert in the paper saying, uh, you, you know, and they did this the following day after the Great British Bake Off. They then had an advert saying, you know, you can either get these ingredients and make this thing. This is a programme that had only just gone out on the television, the papers weren't even printed at that time. So how do they know? Somebody's obviously tipping them off at Tesco, because it's only Tesco that's doing it, there must be some sort of tie-in deal on the BBC where they tell them exactly what we're doing here because it's filmed in advance. And, and then they, they arrange for the adverts to go in the papers because I do like a cream horn. I've often liked it. You know, I mean, I used to like cream slice, cream horn, apple turnover with cream in as well. Or failing that custard, I'm not too bothered. And, in fact, I don't Or failing that, I just like the doughnuts which are cut down the middle and a bit of squirty cream and a little bit of jam on top of it. They're, they're quite nice, too. <laughs> Not all the time, you understand. Not all the time. But if Jason can eat chocolate eclairs in Milton Keynes... Mind you, if I lived in Milton Keynes, I'd be eating chocolate eclairs as well at the same time. Or having an ice cream from Rossi's. Who knows? Anyway, over in Towie, as we were in Brentwood the other day, Amy Childs has forgiven her fiancé. Poor old dim Amy. Poor old dim Amy. Uh, he sent naked pictures of himself to another woman. This is Bradley Wright. Bradley the thicko right He broke down in tears <laughs> and begged the Towie Beauty obviously talking about the wrong person here this is Amy Childs Beauty she ain't <laughs> uh, not to dump him because she was the love of his life. I mean quite clearly he's a compulsive liar. Of course he's not she's not the love of his life that's why he sent nude pictures of himself to somebody else. He's a JCB driver ooh big time job there eh boy big time he sent a string of sordid selfies to uh, Mari Amasota, who he knew through a dating website, Plenty of Fish, which he used when he was single. (laughs) He told furious Amy that it was Mari who contacted him and that his mates had goaded him into replying, and being the thicko that he is, he decided to send nude pictures of himself. Apparently a source... Sorry. (sighs) I'll be all right. A source close to Bradley said that Amy was hurt beyond belief But Bradley has begged and grovelled and poured his heart out and she's so dumb she'll buy into any old garbage, won't she? He's told her he was egged on to respond to this woman's... Oh, he'll be egged on again, won't he? You can just tell, really. He looks like he needed egging, didn't he? Uh, Apparently in the seedy pictures seen by the Sunday Mirror, Bradley poses naked on a bed. He also bragged about cheating with other women. Oh, Amy, you are dumb, aren't you? I mean, come on, grow up, dear. Try and get a brain cell inside that tiny pea-brain head of yours. He's going to do it again and again and again. He's a JCB driver, love. You know, mind you, I suppose it's about your level, really, isn't it? If you're buying into this, more fool you. More fool you. You know, but there again, more fool you. More fool you. Uh, Sunday People... On the front page, they've got um, Ola Jordan. Oh, God, go away, love. Take that boring husband of yours with you. He's done nothing since, has he? Thank God for that. Anyway, she's, she's done a calendar, you know, where she's stuck somebody's head on her, uh, sort of hair on her head. It looks ridiculous. And uh, they've, they've had enough of this at the BBC. They just want these people out, I think. Uh, the pathetic amount that depraved Rolf Harris has paid out to a girl he attacked, 76p a day, which is uh, the story that we just mentioned from one of the other newspapers... Uh, I am not amused. This is Prince Harry and William off to the rugby again. Must be tough having full-time jobs, mustn't it, really? Oh, sorry, they haven't got full-time jobs. Oh, wait a minute, William's got a full-time job. Wait a minute, Harry's... No, Harry doesn't do anything. Harry just turns up to any old event and sits there, looking like sort of the brother who wandered in from the cold, whilst William tries to get really excited and go, yeah, and Harry's sitting there thinking, I'm still single, I'm still stuck on the shelf. Nobody's going to be interested in me. So they go off to the rugby yet again. Uh, who was there? Tom Jones was getting in the mood which was good news, and um, apparently Benedict Cumberbatch is to try his hand at the Cockney Twang after promising to appear in EastEnders. Good Lord, what on earth for? What on earth would he do that? And also one of these thugs, and here he is, here he is, this is uh, Billy Midmore. He's an ugly. You know, you want to see what ugly looks like? This is him, he's on the run at the moment. He's on the run, although he doesn't look, being the size he is, that he could run too far. He's one of Britain's most wanted men, together with his brother Geoffrey. Uh, he's been accused of throwing acid in the face of, of a woman. He uses the nickname Billa Kid Mujahideen after turning to Islam. He's quite clearly a bit sick in the head, this one here. And uh, he fled the family home after he was put on police bail. Police last night refused to confirm or deny the claim. Uh, apparently, a cartel of South London gangsters have put a 10 grand bounty on each of their heads. Oh dear. Oh dear, Billy. Not looking promising, love, is it for you and your brother? If some gangsters have put a, a, a bounty on your head of ten grand, hardly going to be long, is it, really? I'd give yourself up very quickly to the police. It would make it easier, wouldn't it, than somebody claiming the ten grand and you're found in the middle of a field. Know what I'm saying? Get yourself into the police as quick as possible. It would it would save an awful lot of time and trouble. Awful lot of time and trouble. Uh, Cameron says stop the squealers. They They still want to know... Who leaked the story about the pig's head, which might, according to the book, be true or it might not be true. They they don't know. It's up to you to decide. But uh, the name that they put in one of the papers today is, is not the name that I'd heard. Not the name that I'd heard. And I, I spoke to a well-known journalist the other day who said it's so-and-so. So, uh, oh, look, David Beckham again. What's he doing here? David Beckham, they now call him football legend. I mean, that was years ago, wasn't it? He just advertises whiskey and underpants now, you know, as he's jetting around the world, which is good. And uh, he's helping the world's poorest kids. He's teaming up with Banky Moon to launch Voices of Youth. And uh, so that's sweet, isn't it? And uh, David Beckham hopes the 15-year initiative will make a huge difference. Well, that's what you can do, isn't it, when you're very successful. Uh, The Pope's preaching can't hide the Catholic, Catholic guilt, says Terry Christian. And um, because, let's face it, you know, the, the amount of abuse that's gone on within the Catholic Church, I mean, you could write volumes of books on. I did enjoy the film that Sky showed about Scientology. Well, that that didn't bear too too much looking at, did it? All sorts of odd things going on inside Scientology. And uh, he says, TV personality, Katie Hopkins, has moved jobs from one paper to another title, appear, uh, apparently, but I'm betting she'll still be writing the same old hateful garbage. Oh, Terry, grow up, dear, please. She only does it every so often to wind up little nobodies like you, because when it's laughingly down as TV and radio presenter, I think just TV pundit, and that's just Channel 5, isn't it? I don't think anybody else really uses you, unless it's up north and we don't see it down here. He calls her the horse-faced harridan. Oh, dear, honestly. So bitter from somebody whose career is behind him, who seems to find a ready and willing audience of bigoted fans wherever she churns out her nonsense. It's only every so often, Terry. I mean, come on. I mean, let's face it, this is probably the first mention your column's ever had. Nobody even knows who you are. You know, at least you've had a mention she's done what she set out to achieve. She ended up with a television programme. She was talked about on everything. She's appeared on radio, appeared on television. She has a column. She earns a lot more money than you... And, uh, and all through, and if you actually analyse it, as opposed to just jumping on the silly little let Attack Katie Hopkins bandwagon, you'll tend to find out that what she's talking, in many cases, not all cases, but in many cases, is just a whole lot of truth. And that's why nobody talks about your column, because it's just recycled naff. Recycled naff. You know, come on, for goodness sake, up your ante a little bit. Knocking another columnist is never really particularly clever. But it might me sitting here knocking another radio presenter. Nick Grimshaw has got this little thing that goes on up north. I mean, you don't want to be mentored by him, do you? A man who's hemorrhaging audience on his radio programme, now even more so. And now, you know, you think, oh, i am being mentored by by Grimmy, because he really knows absolutely nothing, nothing at all. You've only got to watch him on the programme. Seriously, you'd have more animation from a glass of water. It's really embarrassing, really embarrassing. And so they go, oh, am I going to Barbados? Am I going to the Bahamas? Am I going to be mentored in the Seychelles? No, you're going to be mentored in Manchesterford. Well, you might as well give up now, mightn't you, ladies and gentlemen? 7.30 is the time. With the latest... Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to uh, 8. Stig, after the news this morning, is going to be talking about the Harge. And uh, what it is that attracts people to go there after what was it? Seven hundred and sixty people died. Way overcrowded. Terrible crowd controls got worse and worse over the years. And uh, we've had an accident before. Now this would be the worst disaster. Also, uh, Stig's going to be looking at the Pope over in America, calling I think for the abolition of the death penalty. Perhaps they'll be questioning him about the uh, the human rights issues within the Roman Catholic Church and the uh, paedophile priests that they still seem to be having. Uh, my friend John Jackson. Uh, wants to know what's going on with Rooney's hair. He says, balding on the crown now. He said, just shave it off. For goodness sake. Makes it so much easier. They've got a lovely story on the front page of the uh, the Daily Star today. I can't tell you what it is because it's too rude for this, uh, this programme. You'll have to actually uh, have a look. And James Alexandru. Actually, there were loads of police... This morning, down on the way to the Hammersmith flyover, there was about seven <coughs> excuse me—seven police cars and an ambulance and a car that they'd surrounded. And I thought, oh, that looked a bit exciting. But I was on the other side of the road. James Alexander was still hearing plenty of police sirens and helicopters outside. So he's got pictures which were taken uh, a while ago as well. He said, I'm tempted to go and have a, a look. Attempt to go. It's this anti-gentrification. Now, as far as I know, gentrification, and I might have got this wrong, gentrification is where they try and upmarket an area, isn't it? And so the house prices go up. I would have thought that would have been good. That would have been good. Because let's face it, you know, the people who've got, you know, re- this was around Brick Lane, I think, so that must be where, where James is. And it's a case of people want to sort of upmarket. They put posh flats in. The moment they, they, they pull down a building and put in posh flats, you're on a hiding to nothing. We've got more flats going up in Twickenham than I've ever seen in my entire life, and they seem to be selling at ludicrous prices. So perhaps we've been gentrified, or perhaps you would assume that Twickenham was gentrified already. Over in Brick Lane, obviously not so. But he says I'm. Um, he says I'm tempted to go and have a look at it. So uh, I. Stay safe, I think, would be the thing. Oh, it's also a supermoon eclipse tomorrow. A supermoon eclipse. Is that going to make any difference to us? Don't think so, is it? What are we all going to grow? Three heads or something? Or four willies or something like that? I think it's highly... I don't know why I thought of four willies. I thought I was thinking of four willies and a funeral. I don't know why I was thinking of that either. That sounds even more bizarre, doesn't it? (laughs) Although it would have made the film marginally more exciting. Uh, Right, uh, for my friend uh, Alison G, she says the long-awaited Come Sing event is today. And she's looking forward to it. The singers should come to rehearse from 10 a.m. You know what this is. It's the Armed Man at Kempton Park. The concert is at three. Forty choirs are coming. Lots of individual singers. It's a Voices for Hospices choir event in aid of the hospice movement. So a great cause. Sir Carl Jenkins, who composed the Armed Man a Mass for Peace, will be there. The Band of the Honourable Artillery Company... Uh, we'll be singing rugby anthems too, as the event is part of the Festival of Rugby. Rugby, lots of parking at Kempton. Weather forecast is good; should be fab. And they've got a website. It's V F H Choir. That's Voices for Hospice Choir. So V F H, capital V, lowercase F H Choir dot com. And uh, you can go. You can sing as well. You can go if you love singing. Then, then you should go along there, Kempton Park. And so if you're singing, rehearsing from 10 o'clock this morning, so wakey, wakey, rise and shine. And the concert's at three with 40 choirs and individual singers. It's going to be a very, very nice day. And I wish you all the very best and lots of money. Uh, one here, R- Richard. Richard. Uh, Richard, No, sorry. This is one on, on Strictly. Have you noticed the inane clapping that the audience does when Dave Archer is conducting the lovely band? Now you can't hear the music for the mad clapping. Hence, I went to bed at 715 Steve and left the wife downstairs (laughs) happy Saturday night yes I mean do you know I wouldn't even know who's conducting the band so you're one up on we are one up and uh, Sean says if we don't believe in psychics and mediums why do the police use psychics and mediums they don't dear it's just a story in the papers you must grow up and try and come into the real world it's not your fault you believe in stuff like that Uh, a QI fact actually what did I get sent the other day I got sent I got sent a QI book I think I'm pretty certain there's a QI book, and I love QI. Uh, They say it would take one person a thousand years to watch every video on YouTube. Also, how come, says Len, as I get older, I'm 64 at present, the years seem to go by quicker and quicker. Don't they just? Don't they just? I was only saying to Peter Andre the other day, via a medium, or it could have been a large, uh, I was saying to him, it's going to whiz through really quickly. You're 42, pushing 43 now. Before you know where you are, you're going to be 50, and then you're way too old. Way too old. You can't then start selling yourself, you know, dressing in all these. You have to put some old men clothes on. No point wearing this sort of young stuff. You look silly. Ridiculous. And uh, Nicky says, uh, I mentioned to you recently how lovely Peter Andre is, and I was lucky enough to meet him on this morning. Oh God, here we go. Stalker time. He was brilliant on Strictly, hence his top of the leaderboard. It's rather, ob- rather obvious that you are jealous of him, and no lady will get a headache with Peter in their bed. You are deluded, aren't you? You really are cracked. You really are cracked. It's so sweet. I, I always love the Peter Andre fans because they're, they're generally speaking, not in the real world. They're generally living on cloud la la land, aren't they? On a cloud with sort of pizza. But of course, you're never going to be in that position, actually, Nicky, because he loves his kids. Loves his kids. And that's the way it goes. But it's so sweet that you made a contribution to life. Uh, my mum tells me the prices, says Lee, in some stores increase in Clacton during the summer. Really? How would, they, how would they do that? I mean, I, and to be honest with you, I understand for the rugby, I understand how the thing works, uh, that people do it. Um, and they, 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 they put the prices up because they just take advantage of, of the fans coming in. So that's, you know, that's about as good as it gets, I suppose. It doesn't, you know, people seem to, uh, people seem to like paying the prices. If you don't, you might as well take your own sandwiches, mightn't you, really? Richard in Hudsfield said, I'm fantastic in bed. I can sleep for hours. Yes, I, the, the sleeping for hours bit I like. And uh, I rarely get headaches, says Jan in South Norwood. And if I do get one, I use Tiger Balm ointment. This is, you can buy a little tin of this and drink lots of water, and that does the trick. Mm, still haven't ventured over to Brentwood. Not sure if I ever will, but uh, she's at the Ark in Caterham today. For uh, for the Holistic and Mystic show I'm sure you have a nice day down there At least the weather's nice isn't it today You don't have to worry about the weather It's supposed to be good And then somebody says So Carl Fogarty is some sort of speedway rider Yep he's some sort of speedway rider He's retired, isn't he? I mean, he's some sort of speedway rider. What do you expect? Going to put down his inside leg measurement? Some people are so stupid, aren't they? You sometimes wonder about... How do you get out of bed in the morning? Do you need help? Oh, matron. Sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, Steve, wrap-up warm if you're walking in Regent's Park. It's cold in this neck of the woods today. Uh, Gary says... Oh, dear, we found a Peter Andre Gary fan. Gets the high score from the judges on Strictly. It's only day one. It's only day one. They haven't done anything yet. Goodness sake, honestly. And uh, Steve, you're so funny. The Slug and Lettuce story. And um, <laughs> I love that, actually. And going to the door and scaring Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, that's quite an easy thing to do, actually. Quite an easy thing. Uh, Steve, um, pum, 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 pum. I'll never understand how people like uh, Nick Grimshaw get uh, on the radio and then start mixing with celebrities. Anybody can play records and jabber, says Steve. Oh, if only it true! If only were true! I can remember somebody saying that uh, to me some years ago. They said, oh, anybody can sit there and do what you do. You just sit down there and talk rubbish. And you go, really? You think anybody can do it? Why aren't they? Why aren't they? But they, the truth of the matter is, it's not just being able to do it for one programme or for one week or for one year. It's doing it as a career. It's doing it and not only doing it, but also getting the audience figures as well. That's it. You know, so you, it's it's no good saying, oh, anybody can sit down there and introduce records. They might be able to. Anybody can sit there and go, this is, that was, here we go. You know, I can do it myself. Down 22, up 16 places. In comes Stevie Wonder at its fingertips. You know, you can do things like that. Do a quick weather forecast and a time check and tell them the radio station. But it's not like that. That's not what radio is nowadays. That's hospital radio. That's the only place where you get time checks. So if you're lying in bed and you've got some illness, if it's going to be there for some time, somebody's reminding you on the radio that you're listening to, or not as the case may be, you know, every three minutes, it's now quarter to eight. It's now 12 minutes to eight. It's now... Four, and you're lying there thinking, why don't you just shut up? Why don't you just shut up? It's awful. Um, there was a piece in the... Karen McGiffin, in her column today, she's become more feisty uh, as she's gone on. And uh, I could I could phone her now, actually, and ask her. Because we actually think exactly the same. She talks about uh, So Celebrity Big Brother Has Finished, James Hill the dork from The Apprentice winning, slightly peculiar boy, and to say, you know, I mean, he's the most sane and reasonable of the lot, but he'll disappear without trace because nobody's interested in him. Who cares? But uh, she says here, This series was my favourite. The array of awful women. Jenna Jameson, porno star. Janice Dickinson, mad as a fruitcake. And Farrah Abraham, cheap tacky old tart. Uh, the ditziness of my mate Sherry Heusman, Sh- Hewson Husson and Bobby Davro, Garthley, and then there were fights on the spin-off bit on the side, which I got to witness first hand, and then there was the questionable relationship between Stevie and Chloe Jasmine, which appears to have culminated in his desire to get well away from her for at least a week, which is the best idea. She's quite she's not fit for purpose. This woman, she's quite mad. Who can blame him? This spindly bundle of neediness with her fake crying, lady die puppy puppy-dog-eyed look and black-and-white movie diva act would drive the nicest bloke like Stevie to distraction. In other words, everybody said to him, stay well away from her. She's, she's not all there in the head. She's seriously... But Carol does talk about sloshed posh, is one of us. This is after poor old Victoria hung on to David and tried to look sober. But, of course, we all knew she was gone. I had a little drinky, woo! I had a little drink. David, David, David. I had a little drink. Oh God, I got need toilet, toilet, I need toilet, I need toilet. Quarter to eight. This is LB. Every. it's eleven minutes to eight. Stig will be. We were just having a chat actually. We were having a chat, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not um, betraying a confidence. I don't think because I've said this before on the programme. I bought the uh, One Direction. Concert. It, it's on. It's on DVD. So, in other words, the, the guys go out. This must have been done, I think, last year or the year before. And uh, and I remember coming on air saying, "I've just bought this thing." Having seen take that and their tour, where they do. I mean, they brought on the elephant. There were pyrotechnics. There were dancers. You could see where your money had gone. You could. I mean, you could absolutely see it when you went to a One Direction show. There was nothing. It was. It was the, the walk and talk show as I described it. I said they, they, they sort of show a little video and then they jump on stage. There's no, there's hardly any interaction between them. They quite clearly don't like each other. They do it. Harry Styles emerges as the one who's sort of the front singer. That's what, you know, they all get screamed at when they go, here's Harry, scream, here's so-and-so, here's, here's the fat bloke, oh, yeah. scream again, everybody screams. It's, and, you know, and obviously the kids like it. 15,000 girls and a few few stray boys can't be wrong. Because they like that kind of thing. But when it comes to laziness and sloppiness in a show, they win hands down. So my goddaughter said to me yesterday, and she's 11, and she's, she's quite sassy. She's quite, you know, she knows what she likes and things like that. She went to see One Direction. She got a VIP ticket, and it was £100. She's 11. Admittedly, she, didn't have, she didn't have, it wasn't her own money. Quite, although She might have saved it. She's quite good at saving. And, uh, and she went to see One Direction. And she loved it because she gets a goodie bag. She got a goodie bag with a charger in with One Direction emblazoned on it. It's all to do with merchandising. But it's a, it's what I call a sloppy show. It's called, they're walking through it. They couldn't really give a forex. They literally walk on stage in their normal clothes, and then they walk off stage again. And I, I felt a bit cheated. Although, however, I did discover... I did discover that my 11-year-old, she said to me yesterday, she said, Uncle Steve, she said. I said, yes. She said... Do you see Dave Berry? So I said, I see Dave Berry every day. She said, Do you? She got, she got really quite quite animated. that. I said, Yeah. I said, I see see Dave every day. So she said, Wow. I said, Would you like me to get his autograph for you? So she said, Can you? And I said, Yeah. I'll just ask him. So she said, Wow. So I said, So anyway, in the meanwhile, I sent him a text saying that my my goddaughter is a huge fan. Uh, of you both and, she, and she'd love an autograph so he's going to do it tomorrow and then he sent me a thing back saying if she wants to pop in for 10 minutes I thought she lives down in Essex, she couldn't pop in for; t- she didn't drive, she's only 11 <laughs> she, she, she's not a pilot or something but I thought that was really sweet and so she's, she's, she's very influenced by what's going on around her but she the £100 ticket she didn't think that was excessive she didn't think it was £100 wasted she thought, you know, because she got to see One Direction but as I say for adults watching it you'd be a bit disappointed if you've seen Take That If you've, in fact, seen any artist over the past few years, you'll begin to wonder, you know, how they're actually getting away with it. And the answer is they are getting away with it. Talking of getting away with it, here he is, the most miserable man. God knows we've seen him when he's been so miserable. This is uh, dreary old boy George, who turns up on The Voice. Oh, God, why we have to put up with him? I've got no idea. So you've got William on there, not his real name. And you've got um, the Kaiser Chiefs, Ricky Wilson. And uh, you've got Emma Willis and Marvin Humes... Emma Willis is 39, is she really? Good lord, I didn't know that, she was very good for that And uh, they've also got various other people So they've uh, They're sort of there, but boy George I hope he's going to behave himself, he can be quite dreadful Quite dreadful uh, Another one here, Carl Fogarty was a multiple world champion World superbike rider, not speedway Who gives a toss? I couldn't give a, I really couldn't care less he was just on this programme about cooking. I mean, do me a favour, please. Hardly the butcher's thing if you ride a motorbike, is it, really? Uh, 84850. Apparently, if you have a headache, Mike says, hit your big toe with a hammer. It won't cure the headache, but it gives you something else to think about. <laughs> I quite like that, actually. I quite, I, I quite like that. <laughs> uh, 84850. StephenLBC.co.uk. And uh, Margaret says that's rubbish. People can't do what you do. You've got ver- verbal talent. Yes, I mean, that's why I say, that's why it always makes me laugh, actually. It always makes me laugh when people say, oh, anybody can be a DJ. You know, d- d- talking about the people who actually, you know, play play music for a living. And you think, well, not anybody can. That's why there's such a such a, a small group of people who can do it and do it with great success. That's the trick. The trick is doing it with great success. So it appeals to a lot of people. I couldn't care less whether one or two people don't like me. It makes Why would it make any difference to me? Pfft. I've got the biggest audience figures going, thank you. Uh, Stig will be looking at uh, religion. What makes people want to take part in mass religion? And the truth of the matter is, you know, I don't, um, I don't quite know, actually. I really don't know. But it's a, it's a rite of passage, I think. Pe- people want to go on these rites of passages. Uh, Sunday Express this morning, free dog food. The stuff they come up with. I quite like the idea of free ice cream Sunday. We can't just go and get it. It's at Beef eater. And you've got to sort of go there and have a meal to get your your free thing. A picture of uh, Wills and Harry being really, really busy in life and going to the rugby. I wonder if they had to pay for their tickets. I wonder. Is there really life on Mars? No, there isn't. Is there life anywhere? No, there isn't. There is a terrible picture, though, of the Christian martyrs. um, And this is uh, the body of a man crucified by uh, ISIS. And um, it's just absolutely appalling. These murdering people. They need to be taken out and blown up. The the more of them blown up, the happier I am. Couldn't care less whether they're Brits who've been radicalised or whatever else. Cliff Richard rolling back the years. They're paying 1250 quid for a ticket. I think he's worth it. He's 75. He's a pop legend. And uh, his army of supporters are backing him. In huge numbers, which I knew they would. They're very they're fanatical about Cliff. They're not going to get, you know, any, any old Tom Dick and Harry coming out of the woodwork to claim that things have happened in the past. And, of course, that's bearing in mind he's never been charged with anything at all. They're not going to get that to uh, put them off at all. They're, they're going there to support Cliff Richard because they've had a, a terrible time. Uh, one here. This is the BBC journalist who had a dramatic on-camera confrontation with Scientologists. Has become such good friends with one that he went to his wedding... Did you watch the Scientology programme? Slightly disturbing, slightly disturbing. 80,000 people went out to meet the uh, Razzmatazz Pope. Yep, his holiness is out there and he's doing the business. And uh, that's all they care about. Camilla Tomine is talking about with Jeremy Kyle. Uh, She thinks it would be very cathartic if he actually went on to television to talk about uh, the fact that his wife has been cheating with a polo player about half his age, but just purely for the S-E-X bit. I mean, terribly humiliating, whichever way you look at it, because he is a man who shouts at people on television for their own marriages, breaking down and sleeping around and things like that. Perhaps he should put his own wife on there and do a lie detector test. That would make it interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, The Tory party last night at war over Piggate. This is in the Mail Today. This was the paper that serialised the most boring book in the entire world. Uh, This is after senior allies of the Prime Minister, identified an MP. The man they believe is behind the claim on David Cameron is uh, Mark Field. Well, he said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's furious. And he, he said he will track down those in Westminster who'd falsely accused him. Because there is another name doing the rounds, and it's certainly not his. Certainly not his. So I don't know if that will come out uh, this week. Uh, Lord Ashcroft says he's uh, out to get arrested. The new fuel con that hits every driver... I'm bored with fuel cons. Aren't you bored with fuel cons? All these things that go on. I don't know what's going on. And uh, and in the paper today, the rapist who fled Britain disguised as sister is captured in Hong Kong. Honey trap. Brilliant. And the James Bond theme, it gets people talking, doesn't it? I do like it. Listen to it two or three times. Do it. Listen to it two or three times. And I promise you, you will like it. You will. You will like it. Oh, and Eugenie. This is uh, Prince Andrew's useless. One of two useless... Uh, children, who has holidays. When she began her new job at an art gallery, that must be really tough, mustn't it? Should we hang the picture straight, dear? Should we move it? Oh, dear. Take, want to buy a picture? Thank you. Just a shop girl, aren't you? Anyway, her dedication to the role wasn't completely boundless. So the first ten weeks at the gallery, she took 25 days holiday. In ten weeks. Useless lump, honestly. And uh, she jetted across for a birthday party. Apparently, uh, Fergie's got one. And she's been banned from going to it. Lord, Fergie, another birthday. what's was that? 70? 85? Difficult to tell, isn't it, really? And uh, SNP Chief Sturgeon, Nicola Sturgeon, backtracks on a vow to give a home to Syrian refugees. To Sky News, yes, I'd be absolutely happy to do that, give home to a refugee, as part of a bigger, wider, more uh, organised approach. This week, um, she didn't say, says her spokesperson, that there were any plans for that to happen. So, In other words, lies, lies, and then there's politicians. That's it for this morning. Bless you for your company. I'm back again this evening at nine o'clock with In Conversation. It's a repeat of the programme this morning. And you can go online and have a look uh, at the videos, which are very good. Neve Cusack and Nick Hewer. Really good. Really nice. So enjoy those. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between four and six thirty. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. It might be a little bit of a wrap up warm day, but at least no rain. And don't forget... You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. You download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and you never miss a moment. At 10 o'clock this morning, it's my friend Beverly Turner. It's going to be very controversial. I just fear today is going to be a controversial day. And right now, still controversial and still, my friend...